And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC Telanja. Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. I'm Mike Newell and like what what more is there to say? Um <laughs> another loss and uh TFC are out of the playoffs, but we will try to find some words on today's show. Uh this week we'll briefly react to Toronto FC's 3-0 loss to NYCFC. We'll just talk about where this club goes from here you know three seasons in a row eliminated from the playoffs most likely on its way to a wooden spoon again what is there to look forward to in terms of this tfc squad and of course we will get to the burning question presented by Nextdoor. lots to dig into uh with mm-hmm. my co-host michael singh and jeffrey p nesker gents normally i ask you how was your weekend how do you enjoy the game i mean Let's maybe we'll get to the game in a second. How generally were you as, you know, your weekends non TFC wise? How did that go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> got to got to see a concert last night. Uh had a good time. Which um, concert? Yeah. Went to see uh Brian Jonestown Massacre at the concert hall. Oh. You have no idea what I just said, but yeah. No idea. You're talking gibberish. <laughs> No worries. You're making no worries. words up. <laughs> well, I know the the reference, but I don't know the band. Mm, mm, yeah. End of the hall. <laughs> there you go. One out of two ain't bad. Yeah. There you go. I was Bye. uh, I was puppy sitting for most of the weekend. Have you guys ever done that? You guys, you have a dog, right, Mike? Yeah, but I've puppy sit other people's dogs before. No, oh, you feel okay. You're just cat business guy. on the side, I, I guess. You're running, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, friends are like out of town. They just bring their dog over and we just hang out for a couple hours or a night. That's fine. But is this the first time is... for you? Is this the first time you puppy sat? Well, I had a dog in university. Like when my roommate had the dog, but you know, staying at home a lot, I got to you know take care of it and whatnot. Um, this is the first time in a while, and it was my brother's dog, and left me the dog for the week. So virtually, because it's a puppy, you can't go anywhere or do anything. You really. can't really leave the house for very long. Nope. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to lie, man. She got picked up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I'm going to have to go out and get a puppy. You're now. devastated. I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to yeah. say, you're like, oh, I got rid of it. Oh, God. No, 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 no. The opposite no, effect. He man. needs, he needs no, snuggles you got, you got puppy fever man. now. You need it. Be, yeah, okay, so I will say this. Desperate need of snuggles. Yeah. yeah, be careful, though, because puppy fever can lead you down a road where you make some decisions you're not ready for with a puppy, right? Like, yeah, like you 100%. said, puppies, like that was a week. You got a taste like puppies all the time They're They can be a nightmare commitment. It's a commitment. It is a serious commitment. It's a child. Basically, it's a mm-hmm. it's a furry four legged child. Basically. I want a puppy. All right. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'm also also a softball champion. Hey, I saw congratulations, Shout out to Blue Jays. Hey. Shout out to the Blue Jays. Twenty twenty three O R C S L C S champions. That's a mouthful. B division. Say that three times fast. Hey, Man, do you get so? Do you get promoted or something? Like this is a soccer podcast. Yeah. So if you're in B division, do you get promoted or something? 
I hope everybody not. gets I messy jerseys. I don't think, I, don't think I, I like winning. I don't think we can hang in any position. <laughs> then you're just like Norwich. Okay. Uh, sorry for all the yeah. Norwich fans out there. Um, that was sick this weekend. I didn't do jack. I sat on my oh. couch. Man, cold it the whole weekend. Basically, that's yeah. It. Those are good weekends, man. What did you What did you binge? Did you Did you have a favorite show that you just attacked? Or, no, well, uh, Saturday was mainly football. Um, so I watched. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I watched yeah. a lot of. I actually watched a lot of Bundesliga on Saturday. Um, I just put nice. on. I just put on Hipster. a game and just kept going. Uh, and mm. then I watched. I watched the Jays blow it. Uh, in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, on Saturday, which sucked. Uh, but it was okay. They went two out of three. Good weekend for the Jays. It was a good weekend. Don't get me wrong. Very good weekend for the Jays. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I was going. And then I was going to watch. Um, oh, had a great time at the Argos game. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, one of eh, us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. And then I was going to watch a TFC game Saturday night, and then you know Terry Dunfield <laughs> with the plum with the wrench in the boiler room. Uh, made sure they didn't play what is this Saturday. clue? Maybe they should have played Professor Saturday. Dunfield sh- in the library with the candlestick. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Maybe they should have played the game Saturday night. Who knows? Uh, because Sunday afternoon did not get better. Uh, no, so really yeah, good. yeah. Messed I mean, wait, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, messed up my whole day. You know, I, yeah. I end on seeing them lose on Saturday and then having Sunday as like a a, a aperitif, but instead, or sorry, a digestive, but instead. I had to, you know, waylay all of that negative energy into Sunday. And then, of course, was rewarded for my efforts because it sucked. And, uh, you know, I guess the goal here is to just not let it ruin your day anymore. Uh, It's funny, the vocal minority were saying the same thing. I think it was Mark Hinckley's like, you just got to have diminished expectations now. You just got to go in and enjoy the environment and the beer and, you know, maybe seeing a kit you like and then and then go home and get on with your life kind of thing. Well, man, I honestly, I didn't bother Sunday. Like I was, I was going to watch it. I, I, I was going to watch it. And then I was having a great day. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't want this to kill my vibe, man. I was having a, I I was feeling been a little bit better, you know, you know, wife and I were having a great time. We were just, you know, we we're just laughing and playing board games and stuff. And I was pointing, I was like, it was like one thirty. I'm like, is there a point? And then I checked Twitter quit and they were already down. And it's like, I, I know how this script goes. I already know. Yeah, man, we should have had a had a had a a, 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 a meeting beforehand because I would have done the same thing, man. Board game sounds delightful. What I did on Sunday. Well, that's why I the complete man, opposite of that. Clue. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah. nonetheless, we do. This is the Toronto FC podcast. You do expect us to talk about TFC and the games they play. Uh, and Sunday was not a fun one. Um, honestly, the club kind of owes some people who made the trip out to New York a bit of an apology because uh, they had to spend an extra day. It was extra crappy weather along the eastern coast of the U.S. Uh, and then they had to sit around and watch that uh, for 90 minutes. A 3-0 loss. Massive to respect to the, to the NYCFC fans that stayed in their assigned seating at the rescheduled game. Like there was nobody there and there were still people up in the 30th row, you know, just like being (laughs) all etiquette. And, and, you know, you got, you know, in a world gone mad, you need to appreciate that kind of adherence. They were just trying to stay away from the howling rain, man. That's what they're doing. Do not ruin this for me, Mike. I know that there were extenuating (laughs) circumstances, but I choose to see it as a, uh, as a, as an ethics lesson. And I'd like to share that with everybody else, but fair enough. I felt like we were back in COVID times, man. When I saw that game at first, it really did. Yeah, it's, it's super. Everyone's super isolating. It, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for yeah, those really, who are really unaware, uh, NYCFC were playing, or right now, I think, for the at least a, the less, next little stretch, 
playing their home games at Red Bull Arena because uh, Yankee Stadium is now exclusively for the Yankees until the you know Yankee season's done, which is in like a week because they're not. Yeah, because the, the Yankees and they're on the road, I think too. Yeah, they're on the. They I think the they're Jays. on the road for the rest. Wow. I don't. Well, they have the Jays this weekend. I don't know if they go home after this, um, but I think they might be on the road for the rest of the time. But nonetheless, Baseball. they were playing. Yay! <laughs> but they were playing uh, at Red Bull Arena, uh, and look. You know, it was COVID times, but TFC were not in COVID times form in a 3-0 loss. I mean, guys, we, we've talked about mm. this team and all the deficiencies and the things that tend to go wrong. I mean, how... Did any of I, you I, had the sewer exploding in Harrison on your bingo card? Because that's a new one. That's a that's a new wrinkle. And I, I actually asked friend of the show, Martin Bailey, um, who amazingly came up with receipts in nanoseconds it was it was mind-boggling but there are a history of games that have been abandoned on account of weather um never one that was because a sewer pipe burst and if you believe the rumors harrison is already notorious for smelling bad so credits them for not playing with double you know double negative bad smells with a with a sewer pipe bursting as well because that would have been pretty hellish um but yeah, really, I didn't have just called it off card. anyway, right? Like, just head on the plane, go home, boys. Like, because it, it really mm-hmm. did feel like a, 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 a kind of well, we're here an extra day in New York. Let's, let's kind of phone it in. Let's let's go through the motions um, of a soccer game. Um, and, and and I mean, again, like I said, I kind of live vicariously through other people's tweets um, through this because I didn't want to spoil my vibe. To be perfectly honest. Uh, mm-hmm. and pretty much it, it fit the script of what I thought it was going to be. Um, Mikey, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that, but like, it, it just felt like one of those games where it just, again, going through the motions. Jeff, you go first. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, listen, uh, this team wilts when they concede first and they conceded first within a minute. Uh, 90 seconds at best game was over before it started. Really? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Beyond that, you know, coming off the back of the inter Miami tie where we, you know, got worked by, by the, by the B team essentially. Uh, Although the way that that club has improved unilaterally by the force multipliers that are the, the, the messy and friends uh, threesome you know, I, I can't say that they're the B team and, and feel honest about it at, at this juncture. But, you know, it just coming off the back of that, just getting worked by, for lack of a better word, Miami's, you know, B team, the uh, the non-Messies. And then to do that, you know, it's, it's I think the thesis of this show is what can we say, right? Like, I, I what can you say, really? Like, they're about that. Seven over two games. That's uh, that's bad against two teams that are non-playoff teams currently. You know, I think Miami's Oof. a playoff team in all in all but name. At this well, point. right now, yes, currently that's maybe. Mm-hmm. And I do think NYCFC off the back of this might end up making a run for the wild card spot as well. Remember when we talked about how easy it was going to be in, to get into the playoffs this season with the new expanded format? Remember, remember that? Remember Barrys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. it's. It's pathetic. It's it's pathetic watching this team um, mm-hmm. go out there and not even be in it, really, 
for most of the match. I mean, okay, sure, they get a decent response after conceding two minutes in. But you never really felt like this team was going to push forward and propel and and have the will and the effort and the desire to to go out and get three points. They're out there nope. for a casual run in the park, and it shows. You know, we we talk a lot about you know club culture here on this show, and Bill Manning said to to a few reporters that the club culture there at Toronto FC is broken, and that culture bleeds out onto the field, bleeds out onto mm-hmm. the pitch, and you see it as you illustrated Jeff, as Mike, you've talked about in the past, this team is so fragile and so soft and so just broken in so many different Mm -hmm. ways. Um, You're right. Something goes wrong and immediately they give up, you know, even when they're pressing and you start to see three, four, five bodies go forward, one pass through the press and they give up. They make it so Mm -hmm. easy on their opposition to, play through them, play around them. And, you know, I feel bad at times for that back line because a lot of the focus is on the back line when goals happen or big opportunities happen, but it's, it's one through 11 on this team and like, not to, not to single anyone out, but God dang it, man. If I have to go turn on my TV and have to watch CJ, CJ Sapong start another game for Toronto FC, (laughs) I'll turn it off, man. It's, and it's like, it's just because what's the point at this point in the season he's come in yeah okay i, I get they didn't, why they didn't made, do this tried thing. to make the ad mm-hmm. yeah exactly he didn't bring exactly what they thought he would bring had a great start one goal in his his first game hasn't scored since but he's really offering not really much up top for this team and then you you think about okay what's kind of the objective here down the stretch is it to mm-hmm. kind of just hold on and survive or is it you know give some younger players some minutes. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, why are we a moving Kerr out of the position, which he's excelled at yep. the last couple of games for Toronto FC? Why are we moving Kerr out of that position? And B, like you look at potential options you can throw out there. I mean, Jaquil Marcioretti, sure. Like we say what you want about Jaquil and how he maybe hasn't lived up to ex- expectations, but there's minutes right there in front of him. And instead it goes yep. to CJ Sapong. Maybe mm-hmm. he, even like TFC do that. Jesus Batiste, or I don't know if they have any calls left for him, or even like Rashawn walks, you know, there are guys that are the minutes could actually be valuable for CJ Sapong yep. is going to be gone at the end of the season, right? They're not Absolutely. bringing CJ Sapong back and he's a good person by all accounts. And I have nothing personally against him, but like, I just don't understand Terry Dunfield's decision there to include Sapong in in the eleven, um, especially I mean, uh, deputizing for Insigne at on the wing. Like it, like what the hell? What the hell? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they changed, they tweaked up their formation a little bit, but you know, there's there's a lot of decent performances but i'm surprised they've managed to put in the decent performances at like a like alonzo coelho or deandre kerr or kobe franklin i'm actually surprised that these guys have been able to continuously take steps forward because they're in an environment where it's it's dreary it's it's taxing it takes a toll on a lot of players and you know as i you know, I guess continue this long run. I, I think about guys like mm. Jonathan Osorio and, and a guy like Michael Bradley, and I'm like, do you really still want to come back 
after going through this season like okay last season was really bad right but you kind of understood it was going to be bad the year before yeah again writing was sort of on the wall not the right coach there's Pandemic, a lot of excuses la, la, la. yeah there's a lot of excuses right this season there's expectations were never higher and for Jonathan Azor to have to endure that for Michael Bradley to have to endure that like I'd have a hard time for Sean Johnson even to have to endure that. I have a hard time seeing guys like that really be motivated and up to it. And that come next training camp, there's got to be some of this that carries over. And that's the danger of, mm-hmm. of a season like this. Yeah. And, and, and this is the thing um, that really irks me and bothers me. You mentioned three players they are all young players sort of progressing against the mean right progressing against the odds in terms of how this team has been playing and a lot of this attitude that you talk about this broken culture that has been discussed on this show on other shows in articles by management itself um by some of the players comes from the senior level it comes from the senior players and 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 you know and yep. that and that is a problem and in in the thing i i tweeted out the other day or yesterday and in the thing that really really irks me is pride right like i i know you know you know like word comes out a lot in pro sports and it's probably overused in a lot of ways but I don't think it is in this situation. I really think that there is a lack of pride and, and in some ways a lack of professionalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hesitate to say that because I know these guys aren't going out to try to fail intentionally, right? I know that. But from what a fan gets to see on a game-by-game basis, you you do not see a pride in the badge right now. Or very little of it. I don't want to say everybody, but it's it's you see you see very little of it. You see, and I'm talking about like flying in the tackles and being reckless and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about trying to be good at the basics, right? And I just don't see that. As you said, Mike and Jeff, you've illustrated both very eloquently in sort of the first part of the show that this team just has no backbone, and when you have no pride. You have no backbone, and when you have no backbone, really, it screams unprofessional. And mm-hmm. I and I am going to call it unprofessional because, please do, because regardless, you know, the article that came out earlier this year, the things we heard even before that, some of the signings that have been made that's come in and not done, you know, a professional job here at Toronto FC. There's been too much of that. And some of that is on the management, 100%. They sign the players, they do the scouting, that is 100% true. But some of this has to lie on the players, right? Like, yep. you do have to point a finger at the players and 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 sort of say, where is your pride, right? Because I get it, the situation from, you know, maybe your environment is not great, and and I get that. But, man, like, from a player perspective, you go on and you put the cleats on and you put the socks and the jersey on and you go play the game, right? Bob Bradley didn't go play mm-hmm. the game for you, right? Terry Dunfield can't go lace up his boots and play again for you, right? That's you. At a certain point, mm-hmm. it's got to be a look in the mirror. And right now, I don't know if any of these players are going to do that, to be perfectly honest, because a lot of them probably know they're on their way out the door. But for the ones who think they're sticking around, I mean look in the mirror because it, it's it's beyond so just 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, it, it. It's just one of those things where fans are looking at you like, what, what? Are, why are you here? Like, why are you here? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting paid. I guess it's got to be fine. tougher to faff around to do whatever you were doing for ninety minutes than try to play actual soccer. I mean, that just seems obvious to me. Like, it, it, it's, it's a waste of everybody's energy to do whatever the hell that was. You know, I didn't mean to cut you off. I already. No, 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 no. That, that's fine. I, I don't think you're wrong mm-hmm. in any of that, right? Like, I, and look, we've we've railed on the DP, so I'm not going to necessarily go there again. You no, know, no, no. A decision needs to be made but I will on, say, on I will... what you're going to do with them. But mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Uh, can we My talk about Lorenzo is... Insigne? Yeah, not being sure. Can I? Can I open it up for one second? I think here's the issue: uh, having money in MLS is a blessing and a curse because you can attract assassins, but assassins, by their very nature, don't bleed for the badge, right? And that sort of ties into this idea of luxury players where it's fine to have paid assassins, but they, by virtue of being paid assassins and so-called luxury players, they can't be the guy. And that puts you in a difficult situation here when you're recruiting and we've made mistakes with assassins Uh, and we got very, very lucky with people like Michael Bradley or Sebastian Giovinco that came and embraced this club like they were born here, like they were they were from. But Turin, I wouldn't call them is... assassins. I think they actually bought into what they were doing, right? I think. But they this will never be Napoli for Lorenzo Insigne. This will never. No, be of course not. But nobody was expecting it to be Federico Juventus Benvenesco. for Sebastian Giovinco. But I think right? that that at its core, nobody was. But then it kind of was for Seba. I mean, he lives here now, and and I think I think at its core that's a calculation that we don't factor enough into our recruitment that obviously, you know, it's not going to be Turin or Napoli for player X or player Y. Is that okay? Will other things sort of counteract that? I just don't even think it's thought about at all. It's like, Oh, you know, this bag of money is going, I just think that there's a false equivalency between bleeding for the badge at a kind of, genetic level and accepting a bag of money and i think the sooner that we sort of understand that a little bit better the the maybe the better we'll be at hitting on on some of these signings later on it's also i mean just to play devil's advocate it's tough to bleed for a badge that at this point is just so again just pathetic it's tough. But Michael, when tough Michael to... Bradley came here we were pathetic and he made a decision to bleed for the badge right it's tough but it's not impossible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's like, why Michael Bradley is going to go down as the greatest player in Toronto FC history. Maybe not the best, but the most important player in Toronto FC history, right? Because and look at and look at how we treated him, him and, and, and and look at how his exit. Look at how exactly so awful so his exit. It's a his, the club has a history of that. That's mm-hmm. exactly that's exactly my point that I was I was getting to there. It was just that. At a certain point, it's not on the players anymore. At a certain point, it's not on the signings anymore. Like, yeah, okay, you can you can pinpoint certain players like I did about CJ Sapong, but at a certain point when player A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K are not coming in, they're not performing, and the next guy isn't performing, the next guy isn't performing, something mm-hmm. is clearly wrong with the overall club culture here at Toronto FC. Something is clearly wrong. It's something way bigger than what's going on at the training pitch, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, as we've called for on the show, that needs to 
that needs to be addressed so much so quickly and so much more so okay so do you want to answer this quickly that... mike just quickly yeah, ahead, mike saying yeah, this yeah, question yeah. that came up from anthony mike saying why are you protecting bradley and osori or do you want me to answer for you <laughs> <laughs> no you don't have to answer for me i mean that's fine if you want to think that i'm protecting bradley and osorio i mean what mm. am i going to say like bradley and osorio have had brutal seasons yeah i think they'd be the first to tell you that we've also seen bradley and osorio be very good in situations where they're set up to be good and this situ mm -hmm. th these situations this season they haven't been set up so good and they're also guys who come on like they've given everything to this club and then more they are toronto fc they're not even through. in the same universe as the people that we're trying to so, compare them against that's, so what i'm what i'm my what answer. i'm trying to get at it's it's beyond what you i guess see on the pitch with bradley and azoria it's beyond performances with those guys that's why they get a little bit of a pass because of the resume that they build up and what they've done am i proclaiming here that jonathan azoria michael bradley are the best players on toronto fc no not even close but i am i'm absolutely going to say that they're not the cultural problem here at toronto fc which i think is the bigger problem right now mm -hmm. yep okay so then, it's a chicken egg thing I mean, so then where does this, I, oh, so Jeff, just a quick question then, where does this, where, where does the club go from here now, in your mind? Like three years out of the playoffs, right? New manager mm -hmm. starts on Sunday, okay? So day after their next game, you suspect Herdman's going to have a, a, a decent hand in the tactical planning this weekend, but officially he starts on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Where does this club go in your mind? Toronto FC broke the mold signing Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi, and unfortunately, we're going to break the mold finding a way to extricate ourselves from them. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be a situation where, you know, uh, uh, we're able to get Josie from Sunderland for hugs because, of course, um, they are unwanted. And be, as a consequence of their long contracts at TFC, they have absolutely no impetus to move. Um, we can't keep banging this drum for get together. I mean, we're talking, we're, we're sort of dancing around an issue. Is is the death of culture at TFC lay entirely on their feet? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Without question, absolutely not. I happen to think Soteldo was the beginning of the end in terms of this club losing so much of its power and just bending to the will of arrogant fraud um we're good i mean it's going to be a buyout and it's going to be ugly and but i think no that to answer to answer your question i know i know eating 25 million dollars is insanity no but chance. like i but like i said it was insanity to pursue to pursue him i like do you honestly think you can build a team around those two guys with any coach with any roster because oh, I don't hey, and I just I think, think if, we're circling the drain as long as we try. I think that they could they would buy him out or they would buy them out if you want to say both of them. But they they would send them packing as quickly as possible in my opinion if they could. That's not realistic. They They're not eating that it, money. MLSC's not eating that money. MLSC wasn't even forking enough enough money to throw into a third DP this year. They're not going to just swallow. This is this is triage money. I mean these guys are a pox on our on our on the club that we I understand. Love. I understand. I understand you know, why you're frustrated. You, but you can't just be like they're hot. I, I mean, again, twenty five million dollars sucks. But 
who goes into something without an exit strategy? I mean, we're seeing the ramifications of that now. Every deal is supposed to be successful. 50% or less are. That's why you have exit strategies. That's why you have contract law. That's why you have levers that need to be hit in, in such and such cases. You know, like I, I don't know if anybody not, could have not, expected them to be this bad, though. And I think I think that it's sort of that's sort of the answer that I was fishing for. And that's how I opened my column in WTR this week. I said nobody expected it to be this bad, like the everything that could go wrong went wrong and then had babies <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And then split exactly. like, like like cells and just created an, an environment of utter horridness. It's. Like it's like some, essays should be written about how this all went so unbelievably pear shaped. It's it's it would be hilarious if it wasn't us, if it wasn't happening to us, you know, I, absolutely, yeah. abjectly I, hilarious. I don't think their contracts are immovable. I think there are ways to move them. They got to be creative, whether that be a loan, even if it's just for the year, it's the option to buy at the end of the year. If you have to maybe eat yeah. part of the contract to to move and pay some of the the salary i don't think there, there are ways to to get by it mm-hmm. and i that think are gonna hurt. and i think and we'll get to this in, in the burning question in a bit i i think that's what tfc are gonna have to do this offseason it's gotten to the point where there's there's no i i really don't think there's much salvaging this relationship between the club and and their two-star talents i think what has gone oh gone wrong what has gone what has just happened transpired over these past year and a half um with these two italians is it's a relationship that both ways has been tainted and tainted really poorly so it's jason hernandez and bill manning's job here i guess this summer or sorry this winter to find that exit strategy jeff as you're kind of alluding to and hey the job will be to not take the L. The job will be to move them without having to retain anything, without having to to but eat some then salary. We're in, then we're in a Josie in the last years of his deal situation. We're in an Iowa situation. This club needs to learn from their mistakes. When you have something that nobody wants, you're in a position of zero ability to negotiate. Like I'm not when, sure. You about know what that. I mean? I'm not sure it's a nobody wants them. I, mean, I think. There was no one, there was there was interest in no, at least yeah. Enrico Bardeschi. Every For club sure. would take every club would take them at fair market value. The problem is is that we're peddling them at an unbelievably inflated salary because we want to recoup our losses. I just think that the sooner we realize that we'll be lucky if we recruit bus fare on these guys, For sure. the happier we'll be. You know, hey. you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. We messed up. This failed. You can't expect to recoup your losses on the way out. You know, that's like asking for your for your initial stock purchase back after the markets crashed. It doesn't work that way. You have to we, you have to take the L here. We didn't think there was going to be any moving Iowa Canola. And Jason Hernandez found And a he way may to... come back. Well, he may. <laughs> you know, but at least there yeah. was exactly. But that's 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 one of the deals that I'm talking about where they have to be creative. Yeah. Maybe it is a loan deal where they send him away yeah. for a year and then you have a year to kind of push that down the table or push that down the line right so like like i said yeah their their job this offseason is to get the best deals possible for federico bernardeschi and lorenzo insigne and a best deal possible jeff 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and the best deal possible, Jeff, as you're kind of touching on here, might just be eating the money, right? But their jobs they can't come are back. to yes, yes, mm-hmm. their jobs are to get as as much as possible, if possible. Yeah, and look, I, and I, I get there's a buyout mechanism. They're going to use that in Diamande. <laughs> like, you gotta because he's Gary. He has guaranteed money for next year, right? So unless he's you can not, put him yeah, on the IR maybe yeah but, or he retires but i mean realistically like he's gary he has guaranteed money he has a guaranteed deal for next year right so i'm not crying a about 660 grand when oh, well, I, I think you should like and this is seven million and but and, i think you should jeff and i think this is this mm-hmm. comes to my point in terms of where this club goes next the dps are one thing and yes that is obviously going to be the sort of the big shiny shiny that we're all going to look at in the off season mm-hmm. i think a lot of the work the important work for TFC is going to be building that base, right? Building, as I always say, the cart, right? The horses, okay, you got to get rid of mm-hmm. the horses, but I think there's value. I think you can get the horses out the door. I think fixing the cart and and essentially not even fixing it, burning, burning the cart down and getting new mm-hmm. wood and new materials and building that cart again is going to be the most important job for Toronto FC and not just building, but building it right, finding those pieces. It might mean that next season you still suck, right? That that, oh, yeah. that might be the reality of how this rebuild goes. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I'll, I'm going to be blunt because I don't think it doesn't matter who, if it's an Adama Diamande or a Ben Spencer or a Terrence Boyd or... It doesn't matter if it's a pylon in a hat at the number nine position or in the number nine core next season. This culture doesn't get fixed with those two guys in the locker room. I, I'm adamant about this. So it doesn't matter. That has to be priority number one, just so everybody can exhale. I mean, yeah, I think we're all on the same page about that, Jeff. Yeah. I don't think anyone's yeah. on the same page. What I'm, what I'm saying, though, is that. As, as you're doing that work to get those guys out and get them to wherever they want to go, if it's Saudi, they want to go or Qatar, or they want to go back to Disneyland, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like is whatever that looks like. That's almost going to be like a separate project, really, because that really involves more Bill Manning more than anything, right, in terms wow. of the, the type of spend that's been done. And obviously, Jason Hernandez will be very heavily involved in those conversations. But the, this other piece about how do you fix, how do you, you talked about Michael Bradley and Jonathan Sorio and saying that they look good in moments where they're given the right support. Well, you're going to have to find some players that can provide them the right support mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. them in the right positions to be the most effective. I do believe Michael Bradley's coming back next year. I actually have, a, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that he comes back. I for absolutely one more don't. Year. Uh, fair uh, enough. I, that's my uh, that's my feeling. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but something. I think I he'd mean, rather he does have a guaranteed than be at right, this He has a guaranteed year for next year, right? He can't come back, right? He holds the option to come back. Yeah, so, which is amazing because it's such a power move when he when he tells them to go shove it up their bums. Yeah, but I mean, I no, I I actually think he comes back for one more year, but th- maybe he doesn't. But even if he doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. You still need to put some of these impressive pieces. Your Kobe Franklin's your your DeAndre Kerr's, your Quelos in the right position and put them with pieces around them that can make them continue to grow and get better. Exactly. And I think right now you just don't have a team that can do that. You have a lot of pieces that are mm. individually look good, but when you look at them close up and try to put them together, they just don't fit. And that's where 
the big work, the real leg work, I think will go yeah. into the offseason yeah, in terms fair. of trying to fix this. And that's the that's the challenge John Herdman uh, and Jason Hernandez in particular are going to have to face, right? It's 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 figuring out what that culture, but not just culture in terms of like, hey, how does everybody feel, but culture in the football. How are you going to play? How are you going to impose yourself when you go onto the pitch into a match? That has to be worked on as much as getting the two DPs out of the door, in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Like, like mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's it, it's to say, like, this team, in terms of the roster generally that's run out, on paper, should be able to compete in MLS and should be able to at least get to the ninth spot. We said that at the beginning of the year, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. But clearly... Again, from a from a from the top all the way down to the thirtieth roster player. I don't even think we have thirty roster players right now, but like down to the thirtieth roster spot, it just is. It's not working. It is not good, yeah. and and that's where the work I think is going to have to get to rebuild that. Mm-hmm. Can I can I ask I a, be, yeah? Can I ask a question? Sure. Because I, I thought, Mike, you you thought about it, or you got me thinking about it. You brought up Michael Bradley. Do you think Michael Bradley? I'm thinking of the right way the phrase is, but essentially what I'm trying to ask is, do you think Michael Bradley has fallen out of love with Toronto FC, given what's transpired over these last couple of years? I think so. maybe a little bit. I mean, look, you, like, I, I think he's professional enough to know that what happened with his dad probably had to happen. But you can't, He's a, like I said, he's a human being, right? Like he's gonna he's going to feel a bit of a way. All right, I don't know if he's going to take it personally or or say, well, just screw it, I'm done with TFC. Because he could have done that, right? He could have just been like, ah, you know what, this injury is not recovering the way I want. I'll sit out, right? Like, I, I won't come back this year, you know? But he didn't, right? He came back, and he's and he's playing. Now, whether or not you agree that that form is good enough to warrant a spot as an automatic starter every single week, okay, I'll leave that up to for debate, but... You know, uh, do I think that some of that luster in terms of his feeling for Toronto, not for the city, but divorce mm-hmm. that, I still think he loves right. the city, yeah. but mm-hmm. of Toronto FC itself, yeah, I think that could have waned a little bit. Like, I again, like How I said, they, yeah, he's, he's a human being. His dad got sacked and got treated. Pr- I mean, look, as much as we say what we say about Bob Bradley and, and his time here and how it didn't necessarily work. Two players on that roster that get paid a lot more than Michael Bradley do actively try to fire his dad right now. Mm-hmm. Whether you say it, it coach and dad and right? the club chose and, them and the club chose. Yeah, I mean, in the end, I think there was no other choice to make probably at that time. But how are you not going to feel a little bit of a way about that? Right. Like it, you, there's got to be something there. I don't know. I don't. You've again, seen does the it passion the he plays burnt? with on the field. That passion well, I mean, exists does, in the. Well, the thing, right? Is the bridge burnt? And, and... I don't think. Do you so. still see that passion? Like That's lately, do you still see that passion? Or do you think How this season has taken a toll? On the, on the pitch? Yeah, and like I, I see it in, in instances, but I, I think just all around, and I, I'm using Michael Bradley as example because he is the best example. When yeah. it comes to mm-hmm. talking about culture at Toronto FC and talking about all those buzzwords you want to throw in there, but I, I don't goals are conceded, kind of just uh, you know, it happened. You know, mistakes are made, uh, you know, kind of just happened. Yep. And it's not just Michael Bradley, obviously. It's <laughs> he's the last one to be pointing at when it comes to accountability, I guess, on the field. But mm-hmm. that's kind of 
a glaring example and a glaring instance just how much the passion has faded here at Toronto FC. And I think everybody, staff, media, yeah. management, players, fans, who wants they, to everyone raise their can't hand wait speak for this, this team. This team's a this team's a disaster. This team's yeah, and that's a, what I'm an saying. embarrassment. And, well, you know? and here's everyone the thing. can't Not wait for the season club. to be over. Yeah. Mike, can I ask you this from a media perspective? And this is something mm-hmm. I'm interested in because, you know, you talk about, you know, those leaders, those people that are supposed to, as you say, Jeff, step up and speak for the club, right? In in years gone by, we know who those people were, right? It's going to be Michael. It's going to be Josie. You know, it's going to be somebody like either a Drew Moore or a Beta Shore, a Justin Moore. One of those guys were going to step up and speak and to Mike. Good losses, bad losses. One mm-hmm. of those guys was stepping up. Now, obviously, this is a much younger team, but I, I feel like you're not seeing those leaders step up as much to the media. Now, that could be a club thing where they're holding people back and not necessarily letting them speak as much. Um, but I just feel, Jeff, give me just one second here. I, I feel like we're not seeing those people. We're like, when was the, and when's the last time anybody in the media really spoke to Lorenzo Insigne, right? Like, that the whole point of him I was think to he come spoke here and, maybe once, twice, once this once. year, yeah, once or twice, once, right? Like year. he's supposed to be, he was supposed to be the poster guy, right? That's why, that's why you went out and spent the money to get him. But that tells when's you the last time any, he was, he was the poster guy. Did you not right? walk around yeah. downtown Toronto? Like, when was the last hmm. time anybody spoke to Federico Bernardeschi? Now, obviously, maybe that be a club thing, given the last time we spoke to Federico Bernardeschi wasn't exactly. I, think he spoke yeah. Once or twice yeah. I don't need yeah. to speak to Federico Bernardeschi anymore. Right, but that's what I mean, okay right? Like in your in your or sort of from a media perspective, you know, how has that sort of shown in terms of culture and, and maybe a little fall there? 100%. 100%, man. It's It's been, and this isn't even like a, of a lately thing. It's been since day one, really, where you kind of question exactly who's being brought out to speak to media. And... I think that tells you what you need to know about about kind of the culture at the club, you know, as you yep. kind of illustrated yep. your question leading up to it, Lorenzo and senior Federico Bernardeschi guys supposed to be the poster boys haven't really been made as available as they should have been. Michael Bradley in the past, he used to talk to media every single day. Michael Bradley hasn't talked to media <sighs> since he came back from mm-hmm. A his very injury. conspicuous absence. He had, I think, one maybe run in with John Molinaro and, and James Gross. Yeah, and remember games. and remember that that conversation. He said, "I want to talk about the season. I'm unwilling right. to discuss anything beyond." He wants that. to talk about tonight, not even the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not um, even the season tonight. Yeah, yeah. So, listen. I think we don't need to illustrate it anymore. Like I think we've said it over and over and over again. And Bill Manning said it like the coach is broken. It's it's depressing at Toronto FC. It's mm-hmm. it's mind numbingly bad. Like how did it get to this yep. point? How bad I, I can't believe what I'm watching honestly at a certain point. I, I really yeah. can't believe what we're sitting here talking Neither about in September. Yeah. Um, um you know Mikey Singh regaled us with a little inside baseball, what, like six, eight months ago when he talked about the 2017 team not necessarily being on the best, you know, we're all renting bungalows together for the weekend kind of thing. But there was a mutual respect. And that's what's missing here. 
nobody respects anybody else. Are you going to fault Michael Bradley for not wanting to take the mantle and and speak as a leader of a team with two high paid frauds that got his that that ran his dad out of town? I mean, come on, no one's doing that. Nobody's doing that. There is a power vacuum and nature abhors a vacuum. And uh, it needs to be fixed. Uh, and the only way to fix it is to cut out the cancer. Uh, I'll, I'll ask. Mm. You're, you, when you say cancer, I'm assuming you're meaning the DPs, right? I, I think the DPs and some of the Albatross contracts. But I mean, I can't say it any clearer than I've said it. I don't think this team is fixed with that kind of influence in the locker room. It Fair. just can't. It can't. It can't. I ask the question, you know, we're talking about fixing a culture. The one constant throughout all of this beyond outside of the player realm is Bill Manning, right? Does he deserve the opportunity to fix this no. culture? Right? No. Like, does, it, For the it, same reason know. as I've been so adamant about the DPs, there's too much bad blood too much bad history for better or worse it doesn't even matter if if it's a lateral move or if we're getting somebody with a better resume etc etc there's just too much smoke someone needs to turn down the temperature and it can't be the guy who's responsible for half of the smoke at a certain point you just need fresh blood and i think we're well past that point here like okay October 1st is supposed to be this new era, I guess, in Toronto FC. So we are, you know, we're asking where do we go from here? The answer is John Herdman, right? John mm -hmm. Herdman is is where Toronto FC are literally going from here. Mm -hmm. um, should Bill Manning have been around to appoint John Herdman? I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's tough to make a case for him to to stick around, right? So, okay, whatever. He brings in John Herman. I think, at least me personally, I think it's a good hire for Toronto FC, considering the circumstances they were in and, you know, some mm -hmm. of the stuff behind the scenes about their budget and who they were realistically going to go after. So for John Herman to fall to them in a, in a way because of what, what transpired at Canada Soccer, I think it's a, it's a good hire. You know, John Herman has a track record, albeit in a really different capacity of building up culture at mm -hmm. places that had fractured cultures. So that is a good starting point for Toronto FC as a head coach. But for anyone that's thinking that this team is going to all of a sudden click and turn around in 2024, I, I just can't see it so going back to kind of what you were saying mike about buying out diamande i'm thinking about this from a business perspective why would mlsc the board pay six hundred thousand for someone or seven hundred thousand for someone not to pay play for them in a season where it's a rebuild i think they're mm -hmm. just gonna beat that contract because it's a losing season anyways, in my opinion. I, I, I can't yep. see them being good in 2024. So I think there's a long list, a laundry list of problems that John Herman's going to gonna have to sort out here. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough.
I agree. Well, I, I honestly can't see that far ahead beyond like what Mike was saying. Like, let John Herdman come in. We've given him the keys to the car. This is something he's proven to be elite at. Let him bring the axe down based on, you know, I, I think I speak for, I, at least in my opinion, I trust his perspective enough uh, that I'll agree with his initial moves, but I want to see them made. And then there, from there, we can we can start to speculate. But uh, to me, I, I 100% agree. It's, uh, it's, it's all John Herdman's. Yeah, and this actually rolls really nicely into the burning question. Uh, so let's just roll into it, guys, and uh, get The Burning Question, presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's also where you connect with the people and local businesses in your neighborhood. Download Nextdoor to find soccer fans in your neighborhood, like on the Toronto FC fan community group we've been posting there, interacting with people all season. Thank you so much uh, for those who have now joined and are interacting with our posts. It's really great to see you. Uh, so download Nextdoor at the App Store or on nextdoor.ca. And the question mm-hmm. was this week, what is John Herdman's biggest priority when he takes over as manager October first and a few of you chimed in so heather on the uh next door community group just saying trying to motivate this uh team to want to win uh and heather i I don't disagree with you there right like we've talked about it Mm. a lot you know that pride factor um john herdman is someone who was able to as you said before we uh cut into the into the burning question there jeff has a track record of doing that at national level right Mm -hmm. can he do it at club level that will be interesting uh, moving to Twitter, uh, Paul says, restore some heart uh, within the team. Uh, it's definitely missing now. Just sort of re-echoing um, Heather's point. And then uh, Drifty Wolf just saying, his biggest priority should be figuring out who wants to stay and who actually wants to be part of the project going forward and only who and here's here, who is here for a paycheck. So I think mm. a lot of the comments really are centering around that sort of pride factor who really wants to, to fight culture the all the buzz all the buzzwords that we banded yeah. around richard martin's coming in off the top rope with a good one uh i would love to see john herdman come in like a badass on october the first and immediately remove insignia and burn you for the rest of the season uh do we think he's gonna do something like that no but yeah, I, I think he's stunning statement of uh statement of intent from from herdman there if they're I already think... on the chopping block i mean there is there is some street cred to be granted from sacrificial lambs i get that i get that but i i still think john herman's gonna want to you know maybe there's a world where one of them stays right maybe there's a world where john herman's able to rebuild the culture enough to the point where you get one bad egg to buy into that culture because honestly we've seen glimpses of both insignia and bernadeschi when they look like they're bought in and look like things are going well when hey, when tfc is winning in the rare th- what three four games that they've won this season oh my mm. god i would love those versions of bernardeski and insigne smiling joking around every you game. know yeah exactly marauding so tata can, after it, we lose four nil to say hello walking well there's down, that, that if you can shape. avoid that part of it right so if you can i don't find think you way, can I, I don't think you can. I well, don't I think, think there is a way. Sure, uh, sure. But that's mm. what John Herman's job is to assess, right? I know you're fair enough. on that, Jeff. Jeff, fair but that's enough. what John Herman's coming in to assess. Can 100%. One, 
can one of them stay? I, I think we're all in agreement that there's no way two of them will stay, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. And it's, it's MLS. We've got to be realistic. I, I want the board to, to kiss to lay twenty three million dollars on fire. <laughs> Here, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's the mm. that's the big thing, right? Like you you play them because in the case that you can't get both to go or it's not just feasible, you want to make sure that you 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 still have to kind of keep them happy, right? Like they're still here, right? And they and they're still under contract. And to a certain extent, you have to keep them somewhat engaged with what the new manager is trying to do. So I think John Herdman, and again, this our experience with the national team is he'll try to put an arm around these guys and see mm-hmm. if they're open to to his ways, right? And and open to the message that he's going to try to bring to to Toronto FC. And Jeff, you're probably right. You're they're probably mm-hmm. maybe one of them is probably not going to buy in. But, you know, look, when John Herbin took the this men's job. This is what job, he's good at. Well, that's what I'm saying, this is, right? This and, is national football. You don't get to choose your roster. You're stuck with whoever is a citizen of the country that you inherit. So No, but that's what know, I'm saying. Like in 2018, yeah. he took a, a room of guys who did not really vibe together yep. and got them into believe in a one singular mission. Now, obviously, a national team, when you're only together for, you know, a 10, 14 day stretch at a time is a little bit different than day in, day out. You see each other every day at training and you eat together all the time and mm-hmm. all that kind yep. of stuff. But, you know, it, it, we'll see. It, it could be that could translate to TFC. He knows the club well. Yeah, he knows the club quite well and he knows the area quite well. Um, and he think he knows us as fans quite well. So, you know, we'll see i mean that that's it's literally a, it's a huge it, yeah, ass John, it, it's literally yeah. the the buzzword that we have to use now is we'll see yeah i'm i'm not convinced john herman takes over october 1st Ooh. i'm not 100 convinced he actually takes over october 1st but we'll see his ear pod is his ear pod gonna be temp coach for, <laughs> for one game honestly <laughs> at this point you might as well roll out the there but no but in all seriousness i not not convinced Richard, yet. are you kidding? I'm a Benficista. Why the hell would I buy sporting Lisbon seasons? That, oh, that's okay. never happening. That's never yeah. ever happening. So you Richard. think he's sitting Sorry, up buddy. in the stands uh October one, just sort of in the earbud with the iPod just you know, tapping away to Terry down on the touchline? Terry yeah, will I mean, pour gasoline on himself and light himself on fire on the pitch if they if he has to coach one more game as intern coach with this squad, I think. And we'll all have to watch it. Like that, mm-hmm. like that monk that did it in Vietnam as a protest. Like we're all going to have to watch it. I don't want that to happen. Can somebody please, please, please put Terry out of his misery? Please. You know, well, he's got... probably already damaged the man. He's going to need years of therapy. Well, he's still on the coaching staff for. next season. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, that's, a, we could that's be... another thing, right? That when you talk about John Herman's priorities is I, I, he probably has it in place already yet, but making sure you finalize that coaching staff. Uh, here at TFC, maybe Dwayne DeRosario will also be part of it. He's a guy that's been still Just at training, hanging around at training. Stuff um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as you mentioned, Mike, Terry Dunfield's going to be part of it. I imagine a few other people from Canada Soccer who left Canada Soccer at the time when John Herman departed will also be part of it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see exactly what his staff looks like as well and if they, if they can, I guess, fix Toronto FC or start to fix Toronto FC and just bring a, a fresh set of ideas that we haven't seen quite frankly for years here at the club. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we we will have to see. So Toronto FC play again this Saturday against uh, FC Cincinnati. <laughs> it's like it's like watching like you know uh, maybe the listeners are too young to know this movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. It's like <laughs> we're we were once the rich guys who end up getting broken by the poor guys, and now we've we've switched clothes and they <laughs> look like us. Right, they look all rich and on top of the league. They're nine points up in the shield race. Like they're winning mm-hmm. the shield. Um, oh yeah. So you it's know, done that, deal. you know, it, not quite a done deal, but pretty close. Because I don't think St. Louis is going <laughs> to. You guys see right? Lucho Acosta's goal? Yes. Oh, like I mean, if TFC are <laughs> Richard, having trouble, Viva with NYC, Sporting Benfica doo-doo. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, like, I'm having my little Kevin. What respect for which one? What did I do that you respect, uh, Kevin? It happens so infrequently that I, I actually want to know. So. Uh, anyway, well, maybe all right. Holler at him uh, on Twitter. You yeah. can find Jeffrey P. Nasker. You have our, our Twitter handles uh, here on the screen. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. The TTID community is growing. Tell them how much you like our show by leaving a review or a thumbs up on our show. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, give us a big old thumbs up here. Subscribe. Let people know that we do these shows live at 7 p.m. on Mondays. If you're if you are listening uh, to the podcast version the day later uh, on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, drop us a few stars. Uh, we love to see it, preferably five. You know, if you're so inclined, not ten, uh, but not 10, or, you know, five. yeah. Well, you know, sign in as someone else and then do the other mm-hmm. five. Uh, for Jeffrey P. Nesker and for Michael Singh, I'm Mike Newell. We'll That's see you me. next week. Cheers, everybody. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.